Welcome to iHope. We're here to bring encouragement and comfort from the Bible so that you can have a more hope-filled life. We are so glad you joined us here today, and we invite you to embark on this journey of discovery of the power of God's Word and how it can shape our lives each day. So listen in and join us as we explore how the Bible can provide hope and direction in our lives. Welcome back to I Hope. Glad you joined us today. And uh, we're going to be continuing looking at the book of Acts. And I am joined with uh, Pastor Charlie here again. Hey, guys. Yeah, and we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 6, um, kind of another practical ways of how the church is uh, a catalyst of hope uh, to this world. It's the catalyst that God uses to share His hope. And uh, last week, if you remember, we, we looked into uh, the start of the church and how uh, the church when it was started, was not a consumer mindset, but more of going out and uh, sharing the gospel and and uh, just a great uh, reminder there of what church should be. And as we look in Acts chapter 6, we're going to look at just the first uh, seven or eight verses and uh, explore it. It says, In those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministrations. Then the twelve called the multitude and the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, for all of the whole, for, full of Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over the business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Ghost. Um, and then uh, if we look back down at verse 6, it says, Whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. In verse 7, And the word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of, company of priests were obedient to the faith. As we look here, we see the first call of the deacons inside of a church, which the which is a very important because it allowed the church to grow and have a bigger impact. Um, now, as we look into this passage, we're going to look at the idea of the topic of what is discipleship according to Acts chapter chapter six. What does it look like of having a spiritual impact um, in Acts chapter six? And uh, what are some first takeaways that you see in this passage? I see number one the the apostles, okay, so the 12 called the multitude, and then they had them select the deacons, these servants, and um, which, of course, if you're a Bible scholar, you know the word deacon is a server, a waiter of tables, so somebody who just does the little things and who just gets things done. Behind I think, the scenes, yeah. Yeah, so I think maybe in Baptist culture, in modern culture, the word deacon is oftentimes used in a different sense, mm-hmm. so a lot of times that's a leader of the church. Elevated. Of, yeah. Yeah. And if you look in First Timothy 3, they should be someone who's capable of leadership. Mm-hmm. Their qualifications are those of high character and someone who should be trustworthy to be the leader, but they're not given a position necessarily of leadership. Mm-hmm. And so these guys, they were full of the Holy Ghost. They were good men, and they were appointed by all of the disciples in Jerusalem because they all knew that these guys were good guys, but they weren't necessarily the leaders of the church. Who was the leader of the church? Well, the apostles were, because at that time they were the pastors of the church. And I think you see the separation between pastoral ministry and servant ministry. And not that one doesn't do the other, 
but that one has a priority over the other. So like the pastors, the apostles, it was wise for them to be teaching and to be learning the Bible better, which of course, remember, they didn't have, you know, 2000 years of Bible commentaries to study Mm -hmm. from. So they were seeing the Old Testament that they learned, adding now their own experience with Jesus and all of those things combined together to a totally new theology that they hadn't really seen. Yeah, it's, it's, they're not taking... Uh, things that they have learned and have already been applied, they're now applying uh, things that are totally new, like the gospel, yeah. Jesus Christ, grace, and uh, uh, not of works, uh, a lot of different things that they're going to be applying. And uh, so that definitely would, I could see, take a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know it takes us a while just to do a good sermon. And so, of course, they're having to put their time and effort into the things that make sense. And the servants, the deacons, they were chosen because the pastors were also taking time from study to do other service-based businesses. Um, Business is the word that they use here. Not that it is a run for-profit LLC type business, but it is the business of the church to take care of people. And the apostles knew we can't take care of people in the way that other people can. And I think as deacons, as servants of Christ, we got to realize that he gives us each certain giftings. And for some people, their gift is going to be um, very much spiritual, more than physical, and some people are going to be gifted more for the physical than the spiritual. Yeah, and I think sometimes we can uh, often elevate that. You know, it's the teaching and the preaching, and the, the that's the one that makes the biggest impact. But when you look at this passage, that uh, verse seven, it, it it was very blatant. It says, after they were called to go out and serve and go out and to serve tables and minister mm-hmm. to the widows and the widowers, uh, the word of God increased and the number of disciples multiplied. And so, yes, the preaching and teaching of God's word, being a good steward of that and, and being faithful to that calling is important. But if you look at the passage, it was right after they called the, the deacons is it says that the word of God increased, that yeah. there was, there's abundance. And, and I don't think there's a, there's a, um, a separation here of, of, what discipleship is or or what is better and what is worse it's it's more of this idea of god has called like you said us to different positions all to accomplish the same goal yeah and that goal is reaching others for christ making christ magnified getting the gospel into into the hearts of of people and sharing hope and um i think we often forget about the um Forget about the, the the physical when we look at the idea of discipleship. Um, I believe that the meeting people's needs physically is often an open door to meet their needs spiritually. Mm-hmm. And I, I think looking at the ministry of Jesus Christ, how did he do that in his ministry? It was it was blatantly obvious. I think we can go uh, a list after list after list of how he met people's needs physically and and led them to a place spiritually. I think if you look at the story here in Acts 6, they were not, okay, they were meeting the needs of their own church members, but why did the conversation even come up? It was a, it was a lot. The, the Greeks came in. Yeah, more people. There arose a murmuring of the, the Grecians, the Greeks, against the Hebrews. These were the Hellenists. Mm. So people who didn't even believe the same Bible, who didn't even have the same religion, were bringing up a problem about the church. That means to me that the world sees what we do, mm. and the world will not be reached if they see that we don't do what we even talk about doing. Yeah. 
So they were preaching a gospel of salvation and of grace and of love and of care one for another, but yet it seemed like they weren't really able to take care of one another. There was a hole, yeah. And so could the gospel really be thoroughly spread like that? I think the gospel spread because the church saw that there was an issue and they took care of that issue in the world outside. Even though they started with pointed fingers, they learned, wow, okay, their heart really is to do what they have set out to do. Yeah, and that and that falls right back to the teachings of Jesus: is love thy neighbor as yourself. Exactly. Um, you know, no greater love than this, and that a man lay down his life for a friend. And these are all teachings of like, there's spiritual love, but there's also physical love. Of, hey, if you see a need of your neighbor, go help them. Uh, if you see someone in need, go help. You see the teaching of the of the Good Samaritan. What was that? He met the physical needs. Mm-hmm. He went and 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 took of himself and gave of his own self for somebody in a physical way, which ultimately, I think it leads to building a relationship that also builds trust. That leads to, uh, I believe it can lead definitely to spiritual uh, conversations, but also um, an example of what the gospel is of Christ laying down his self physically for us. Um, so I think that's, that's definitely a great point of the world's looking and watching and they're seeing us, uh, they're seeing the church, and what's 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 beyond is the church is not perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's not perfect, but we need to be listening and watching and say, "Hey, we want to be the best representation of what the gospel truly is." The hands and feet of Jesus don't mean that hands stay still and feet don't walk. Yeah, yeah. It means that we do things, and if we're called to love as God is loved, well, the same God who saved us spiritually also takes care of our needs. He says, "Don't the." the lilies twirl mm. don't the birds have homes to live in yeah how much more does god care about you jesus says and so if god takes care of our physical need and we're supposed to be like god then taking care of the physical needs of those around us matters yeah and the gospel is hindered when we can't do even the basic things like helping the neighbor or like helping our spiritual neighbors yeah and i think it's uh, it, that's so true like we need to follow uh, the likeness of God, and He takes care of us. We need to take care of the people around us. And uh, I'm thankful for here at our church, just the, the things that we do in our community with with boxes of blessing and and uh, different needs that we take care of in the community. But I believe we all can look at our own lives and say, not just with the church, but the people. Hey, what mm-hmm. are we doing individually? We we all have neighbors on the left and right side of us, unless you live out in the country. But you know, there is a neighbor somebody somewhere. What are we doing to help them? You may say, hey, they don't need help. Well, I think we all need help (laughs) in some shape or form. It's not always the need either. Like sometimes you're meeting not the need for substance, but Mm -hmm. the need for fellowship. Yeah, yeah. And so helping your neighbor... Um, you know, simple things like if your neighbor's on vacation, taking their trash down to the corner mm-hmm. or taking their trash from the corner back to their house yeah. where they used to do it. Our neighbor, Josh, does that. My parents' neighbor, Josh, always yeah. did that when we went on vacation. And he's awesome. Yeah. And we thank him for stuff like that. What if Christians would do things like that too? Yeah. Then suddenly we have a relationship and that trust like you were talking about. And now we have an open door for, hey, like they come over and when I'm mowing out in the yard and I do that for my neighbor they come over and they're like, hey, thanks, I noticed that you took my trash down. Now guess what I'm doing? I'm talking with them. And how does the gospel get spread? How shall they hear without a preacher? You can't have conversations about the gospel without having conversations. I think it's a sad reality when 
the only conversations we have with our neighbor is when we're just inviting them to church. Yeah. Though that is a good thing and that's a great thing and we should be talking to them about going to church, that should not be our only conversation. Exactly. Because our actions and our our love, what what is it's people will not know that you're a Christian by the pamphlets you pass out. It's by your love. That's true. And and so it, that's a challenging thing to think about is, is our only conversation with our neighbors is when we're having an event at the church or is it when we're building a, a relationship and community with them, meeting their needs, whether it's emotional, whether it's through fellowship, whether it's actually just little things or, or maybe just, Hey, baking extra cookies and you bring it over to them, you know? Um, but I think that is a great Avenue and a great picture that we see in Acts chapter six, that, Reaching people for Christ in in the gospel is not just into the box of preaching and not just in the box of of the quote unquote ministry, but it's outside of the box of reaching others through physical needs, through relationships, and I, we're all called to do that. Uh, if you look here, these are these were just seven ordinary men that they looked inside of their community and their social group that they said, "Hey, those are people that can go share the gospel." through their talents and through their gifts of serving others. And uh, I want to challenge you guys as you're, as you're listening, um, how can you follow the Acts chapter 6 and show the gospel and be a catalyst of hope, not just through your, your teaching and preaching of God's word, that's all great, but what about through your love um, and meeting the needs of your neighbors? If you need permission to not always be a spiritual person, person, this is it. You don't always have to be talking about Christianity. You don't always have to be going around as this hoity-toity Christian. Yeah. You can be a human. Like, you're allowed to do that, and you live a life, and you have good days and bad days, and you have days when you need to take out the trash, and when you're working in the flower garden all muddy and nasty, because you are a human. And if you need the permission to be that human and to have human conversations, here it is. You now have it from from two pastors. Yeah, and I, I, I it makes me think of a story. Um, I remember observing this in my own dad um, when we were when we lived at our house over in Spring Lake in Walker. Uh, our neighbor was putting an irrigation system, and uh, it was about to storm. My dad just got off of work or something, but he was still wearing his white shirt. He was wearing his nice pants. He was wearing his nice shoes. And he saw the neighbor desperately trying to get this 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 job done. Mm. And I remember him coming inside and saying, hey, Ryan, come on out and help. And so I went over there. I remember it's pouring down rain. We're knee deep in mud. And we're helping our neighbor um, fix his irrigation system while my dad's in his, quote unquote, nice church clothes. And mm. we have talked to I remember talking to him about the gospel. I remember to giving him, invited them to different events. But he didn't talk about those times. Every time we talked, he says, I still remember when you guys came over and helped. That meant the world to me. And we were through that, we built a relationship that ultimately pointed him to Christ. And that's just a, that's just a, a little example of what one action, one thing of just being a human, showing love in a different way, uh, can bring hope to people. It's a lot of work, isn't it? What's that? Doing ministry that meets people's needs. Not just yeah, it's and it, it definitely brings you out of the co- the comfort zone for sure. Um, it's scary. Yeah, it's it's uh, it also shows your vulnerability because sometimes when you're when you're <laughs> when you're doing that, you're not really in your uh, 
you're not really sometimes you're going to show off some of your your i guess the words i was going to say is you're vulnerable yeah with the way that you interact with people and vulnerability often builds just more relationship and does yeah i yeah if you want to share the gospel you have to reach the person mm-hmm. and the person is not just always there's the exceptions and we all hear the stories on the you know from the pulpit about those exceptions who are, I was just looking for God and then the preacher came to my doorstep and that's cool. But that's like so rare. Yeah. If you really want to meet people's needs, then do what the people in the Bible did and go meet actual needs yeah. so that you can help eventually meet their spiritual needs. How many needs did Jesus met when he was preaching the gospel? He fed 5,000 plus people. He met their yeah. physical need right then. Why? Because it, they, they probably weren't going to pay attention if their stomach's growling. It's true. And um, he met their need. And so I, I want to encourage you, church. I want to encourage you, the listeners. Um, let's, let's be the church. Let's, let's step out of our four walls and start loving the way Christ did. And you're going to be amazed on how much gospel you will be able to pour into people by just loving them and serving them. That's true. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you've been encouraged by I Hope, why not share it with a friend or leave us a review? Until next week, God bless.